Welcome to the GC Podcast, a podcast to help you develop into the healthiest ministry leader you can be by sharing practical ministry experience. Hello, friends, and welcome to today's episode of GC Podcast. This podcast is devoted to exploring ministry practices in the context of Grace Communion International Churches. I'm your host, Kara Garrity, and today I'm blessed to interview Julie France, pastor of Grace Communion Cincinnati East and West, wife and mama for she loves New Mexican food and adventure in all its forms, good, bad, and ugly. Julie, thank you so much for joining us today. It's so good to have you on the GC podcast. Thank you, Kara. I'm excited to be here. Yes, and I'm I'm looking forward to the richness of this conversation. Today we're going to be talking about um creating culture in our local congregations. And so the first thing I want to ask is when we talk about the culture of a local congregation, what does that mean to you? Well, when I think of the culture of a local con- congregation, you know, I think about people. Um mm. a people who have shared life and shared belief and ultimately we hope and, and, and we look for a shared mission. And a people that shares their identity in Christ, uh, where we together grow and together become uh, who Christ created us to be and who we are in Him. And so it's just this, this people coming together, unified by Christ. And, you know, we, we develop new rhythms together, a, a rhythm directed by him and led by him. And you know, we discover as we journey with Christ what those rhythms look like and how those rhythms are expressed within the body. It, it becomes a beautiful thing, it, you know, a little bit of chaos and a little bit of beauty and a lot <laughs> of grace. Yeah, absolutely. I love how you've described that. It is a beautiful thing, chaos and, and beauty and grace and all. You know, this year on GC Podcast, we have explored a lot of different angles on um, rhythms that are part of healthy church. And so how do, and you mentioned that as part of culture too. So how do different, how do our rhythms contribute to creating culture? And in the kind of maybe reverse order, how does culture contribute to the rhythms we choose to create? Yeah, so our rhythms within the body of Christ really are part of our discipleship path. You know, it's, it's, it's learning that new rhythm of who Christ is and who we are mm. in him um, as a body. And, and that's, that's a timely thing. It, it, takes, it takes time um, and patience and, and a lot of grace for one another. Uh, but it is, it is part of our discipleship process with the Lord. And so that part of becoming and, you know, having a consistent rhythm and 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 uh, that's that's totally led uh, according to the Lord's timing. we We have a little bit to do with that as far as you know the consistency and and the um, just the, that participation. Uh, but really, that's that's led by the Lord. And what's interesting about uh, our rhythms and culture is that you know culture can absolutely challenge uh, the rhythms of a church and cause us to rethink some of those rhythms uh, and possibly respond differently as as culture transforms around us. Uh, but our rhythms are, are really not controlled by society, but instead led, maintained, 
by the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so even though the culture can make us rethink those and make us, you know, consider how we participate in those rhythms led by the Holy Spirit, those rhythms are are the Holy Spirit's leading. It's not, the culture doesn't determine how the church lives that out and can't, you know, and shouldn't determine how the church lives, lives that out. Mm. Yeah, and I, I love that you've highlighted that, that those rhythms, um, that in the context of church community and the formation of, of the culture of church community, those rhythms are are formed and led by by the spirit by who God is, right? Because mm-hmm. we're stepping in in time with with His rhythms, with with His ways, right? And so weirdly, mm-hmm. we're being shaped and formed into um, the culture of 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 His kingdom, right? And and Absolutely. who He is versus, and I think that's that comes. Um, in line with what you're saying versus, you know, all the the various different um, pulls and, and pushes or, or different ways of thinking. Culture can come in a thousand different forms, right? But the okay. rhythms that we're trying to sync up to are the rhythms of God's culture that he has for all of his people. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's beautifully said, Julie. Um, and, you know, I, I say this this next kind of, like I said, I, or I just mentioned, culture can come in a lot of different forms. And, you know, we're on this journey that you've mentioned of kind of seeking it, syncing up with those rhythms um, that are led by, by the spirit and not necessarily, um, you know, whatever we want to do, right? And so I say this quote unquote, you know, church culture, um, things like church in speak or, or those things that uh, might make us feel like, oh, we're, we're an in crowd, right? Or you have to belong to this church club. Sometimes that form of church culture can be a barrier to actually living missionally because it, it makes this dynamic of, of an insider outsider. Um, but in contrast, that kind of kingdom culture, when we, when we're embracing that, everyone belongs. And so, mm-hmm. um, what are some of those ways that as a, as a local congregation, can we kind of check in with ourselves and, and kind of assess what kind of culture are we cultivating here in our local church community? Well, it, you know, it's interesting. This question made me think about uh, a book that I recently read. Um, called Positively Irritating by John Rittner. And I think a lot mm. of GCI members are familiar with him. And, you know, he he quoted saying, or he's quoted saying, we must stop merely inviting the world to church and instead be the church for the world. And I think that a lot of culture with church has been trying to get others to come into a space. And when we have the intentionality of, you know, discovering who God is and discovering who we are as we have our being in him, we start paying attention to some of the things, some of the rhythms that Christ himself had. And Mm. we see Christ going into community. We see Christ going into homes, sitting with not yet believers, you know, and when we see that rhythm and we and we discover that we have our being in Christ, we can see ourselves a little different than just a 
place that we invite others to, but becoming a people that go into a world and sit with others where they're at. Um, and that's that really, that church culture kind of fades away when you think about that. We, we stop being that, um, you know, the, the it club and that, that changes as we go out and are willing to sit with others and where we are, we are willing to be the church every day um, into, a, you know, a, a space that's not our own and, and sit with Christ. Um, I think that's really where that church culture, that church speak changes uh, when we, when we really discover identity um, in who Jesus is. And that challenges a lot of what church has been and can be. Uh, just, just that place of come to us, come to our service, mm-hmm. you know, come witness. Jesus actually asked us to witness, asked us to go. And, you know, you, you don't become this uh, exclusive club if you're going out into the community and sitting with others. Um, you, you become a place that's very inviting uh, into relationship and uh, inviting into a relationship with Christ as, as they sit with us, you know, the kingdom is shared uh, with others. It's not just a come to this place and experience the kingdom. It's we go and share the kingdom. Mm. So we kind of have both cultures. I, I would say mm-hmm. here in Cincinnati, we're learning, you know, it's, we have lo- a long, and I think most churches may have a long history of, of just inviting in and not a hundred percent understanding the sentness that we have as a church, um, as a body of Christ. And so we're learning that rhythm. I'm not, I'm not sitting here as an authority on that at all. I'm in that process of learning that rhythm as God is so gracious and patient and willing to consistently invite and empower us to go sit with neighbor, to sit with strangers, to sit with community and to be the church. And so this is a this is a work in progress, and I thank God that He mm-hmm. is willing to work. I thank God that He is willing to be so gracious with us as a body of Christ to give us opportunity. And as we take that opportunity, as we participate in that, what a blessing it is for us. Absolutely. Oh, amen. And a couple of things that you said really jumped out at me. First, um, you mentioned kind of noticing the the rhythms of Jesus. And so again, coming back to this this um, reality of whose rhythms are it that we're being drawn into and and whose rhythms are we being captivated by and and choosing really to be formed by um, and and to be shaped by. Um, and then you mentioned, you know, as as a people, that that you're being shaped into that sent people, and that comes back to even um, that first question I asked you about culture. You said you think of a, a peoples, right? Um, mm-hmm. And and we don't have culture without people. And so I, I really love that you mentioned that because it's it's not just about 
um, you know, us all on our own, right? right? But it's about what is God doing with us together as his people, um, as he shapes all of us together through these rhythms. So I I really loved um, how, how you mentioned that, that dynamic of culture that as we see and are, are swept up in those rhythms of Jesus, that we as a, as a collective people are, are changed and are shaped. And I think that really even connects to that, that, um, um, previous question, you know, how do rhythms contribute to creating culture and how does culture contribute to the rhythms we choose to create? I mean, I, even that example that you gave of it's a journey and it's a process, I feel like speaks to that, right? Because mm-hmm. when you choose to say, yes, Jesus, show us yes. these new rhythms and it's a process, then as a people, you're transformed by right. him. And then your culture mm-hmm. shifts and is different. And so your desires for his rhythms change. And Absolutely. so you're more eager, right? To choose his, yeah. his rhythms and to be like, oh, we don't want this, you know, I- inclusive, exclusive, you know, I'm the, I'm the insider, you're the outsider, you come to me kind of thing. And so it has this beautiful, transformative, um, cyclical thing that God's doing that I hear you describe. I mean, even just in, in Cincinnati, in the church community there. And so I, yeah, that's an incredible thing that, that God is up to transforming um, you all and bringing you deeper into his rhythm. So thank you for sharing that. Yes. And I, and I think we, we, we need to be unafraid to do those temperature checks of our congregations as a people and say, what 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 is our rhythm right now? You know what what does somebody who doesn't who isn't a part of this? What would they say? You know what do mm. they see? And I think being willing to ask some of those questions and willing to hear the answer. You know, and it's like, mm. all right, you don't attend our church. What do you see? What do you see? You're not a member of our church. What do you see? And be be willing to ask the neighbor of like. What is your conclusion on on who we are as a people? And although that's not going to give you a hundred percent accuracy of all things, that's going to give you a perspective. But I I want to know what my neighbor, who is not yet a believer of Christ, thinks of the body of Christ that is next door. I want to know, mm-hmm. and I want to you know, and and that's kind of Lord, help me to be humble to receive that truth and it might be hard. And I, and I pray that that is a changing rhythm that we will, you know, as we grow in that mission of joining God, that, that, that perspective will change, you know? And, and I think that probably depending on who you ask, you might get a little bit different questions, but it gives you, it gives you kind of a gauge to say, what is the message? What is the reality of us being the church in this community? What does that look like to the people? that aren't a part of the body of Christ. Um, because I, we could always look at it and we kind of have rose-colored glasses. Oh, we're doing pretty mm. good. You know, we're we're doing this check. We're doing this check. And we can kind of get in that rhythm of, well, I've got an outreach going, check. You know, I've got discipleship, check. I'm doing a good worship service, check. You know, and you, you can kind of make it this checklist. And that's really not, not what Christ has invited us invited us into. He's invited us to join him in mission. And that's relational. It's not a checklist. And it's a rhythm set by him. And it's 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 the church leaning into that and accepting like, God, you are God. This is your church. You love these people. Give us the heart that you have for these people. 
help us to participate in that, you know? And that's not easy, but it is such a beautiful, beautiful place to be when we allow that, you know, to, to be who we are as the church. Um, so I, I think it takes some hard conversations, but it's not to tear us down, but to build us up, you know, and to make us aware, you know, sometimes of, of what reflection we really are giving, I guess, as the body of Christ. Mm. Julie, that's that's such a good word. That is, and that's a very practical way that we can kind of, as a community, do that temperature check. How are we growing and being shaped um, in our rhythms and in our culture? Because I even think like culture is something that um, it's experienced, right? And when you're, you know, knee deep in your own culture, sometimes there are things that that you become so accustomed to that you don't even necessarily um, have the awareness to to name it, right? And so to ask somebody else, what do you experience when you step into our community, into our our church, into um, our group of of people, what is that experience like? And to hear that from your neighbors, I mean, is what they describe, does it sound like they experience a kingdom culture? Um, What aspects sound like that? What what don't, you know? That's one of the things I love to travel. And that's one of the things Mm -hmm. I love is experiencing different cultures and what aspects of it are. I, you know, I find God in pieces of all different cultures, but you can, you know, there, you just experience it in a way when you, when you um, cross into a culture that's not your own, that sometimes is, is hard to explain, or maybe somebody wouldn't even be able to describe um, of, of their own culture because they've just lived it and been in it for so long. Um, or somebody is able to point out about about Michael. I'm from Boston. So sometimes people are like, <laughs> hey, and I'm like, oh, I didn't even know that, right? Yeah. I didn't know we did stuff like that or we said that like that or or whatever. Um, because it's something that that you just experience. And so so to get that perspective, I think, um, yeah, that's that's a really meaningful thing. And like you said, it's not to it's not to tear us down, but to build us up because yet at the end of the day, what do we have to lose? Yeah. Jesus is still Lord. And yeah. all, all that might happen is, is we are able to see something where we can invite him to, to shape us more deeply into who he is and who he's called us to be as his church. Yes. Oh, that's so good, Julie. And I, I think that, you know, just realizing as a body of Christ, the totality of our, of our following Jesus is not summed up on a Sunday service. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not the totality of our Christianity, of our faith in Christ. It is not this one day a week that we go to and we come together and then we go out and, and nothing matters. You know, it's, it, you know, that's, we, the church is called to be the church, right? And that the church exists day in and day out as we go and you know we we need to be aware of that reality of who we are in Christ and that that can't just sit inside a church building on Sunday we want mm. to gather we want to have worship we want to have fellowship we want to you know celebrate what God is doing praise his name worship our lord but we also want to be the church every day as we go and just recognizing that reality and allowing our hearts to shift from an attender 
to a participant. And mm. we have a lot of church attendees. We have fewer church participants. But my my hope and my desire is that the work the Lord has started here in the congregations, that he's going to complete that. I have a I have pretty good... Uh, pretty good resource that tells me he's going to complete that, you know? And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm basing, I'm basing this on that, you know, that God is working and that he will continue the work he has started. And he is patient and kind and grace and graceful. And, and he knows where we're at and he knows the steps that we struggle to take. And he is willing to walk that journey with us to take those steps and as the church, that we would be in a mindset of, this is your church, Lord. I am the church. I am as I go, Lord. Uh, would you, Lord, work through me? Would you show me? Would you guide my steps? Would you give me the words? Would you help me to be the church? He is faithful in that request. Even when mm. we don't know what that looks like, even when we're afraid to say anything, even when we were afraid to be on that journey with him, we have to remember it is our faithful God that we are on the journey with, the one who is faithful in his very being, even when we are faithless. And, and so I just, I think it's kind of that mindset of I'm not an attender of this church. I am the church and I have been sent, mm. you know, just a, that shift. And that takes time, you know, for each of us have probably been in that place of I'm, I attend this church. But to shift into that being in Christ and being the church, that, t you know, it's, it's not easy. Um, but I am convinced that we do not go alone in that. And I am convinced that it is worthwhile. Yes. Oh, that's just, that's just so beautiful because <laughs> that does. It gets beyond even what you said earlier, like just the checklists, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it gets into who are we really in Christ? What is he really drawing us into? Um, who has he called the church to be? Um, I, I I love that. Um, and that's the thing, I think, when we're shaped, allow ourselves to be shaped um, by his rhythms. And it's more than just, like you said, we, we show up to church on Sundays and that's it. But when we're drawn into his rhythms and his culture, when I think about, like, as you were saying that, when we think about, like, I am the church instead of just I go to church, um, mm -hmm. the, the silly parallel that came to mind is like, well... I'm not Bostonian just when I'm in Boston, right? <laughs> like I'm sitting here in Charlotte and I'm still from Boston because that's my culture, that. right? Yes. Because yeah. <laughs> that's my culture. That's that's who I am. That's that's what raised me, right? And so what if we thought the same way about our identity in Christ, about who we are as a church? It's not we go to mm -hmm. church, but we are the church. And that's true wherever we go, every day of the week, like you said, because it's mm -hmm. not just we go to church or this checklist, but but we are the church. That's our culture. That's mm -hmm. who made us, who raised us. Like, that's who we are as people. I think that's a, a beautiful thing. And like you said, um, it's, it's a faithful God. He's a faithful God who's bringing us on that journey. Mm -hmm. So, oh, that's, yeah, and that's I think incredible. The, you know, you, you think about cultures and, and, I think that you have been able to step into and experience various cultures. I think one of the coolest things of going into a different culture is the joy of the people to share that culture with you. Uh, yes. I have sat with so many different friends who 
are from Nigeria or um, Israel or uh, England and whatnot. And, and, and they're so excited to share with me their favorite dishes. Um, hey, this is something that I grew up with. And I, Julie, I want you to try this. And I love to adventure with food. So to me, that's a grand adventure to sit at a table and to share the cultural food of, of a friend, you know. And you think of the excitement that we approach sharing culture with others as the church, believe it or not, with that excitement and more, we can share the kingdom of God. We can sit and share mm. excited for others to experience and taste and know. I don't even have anything to say to that. That's beautiful. <laughs> So, I, I have a lot of food analogy in my, the way of thinking. I like food a lot. So to me, that's <laughs> that's like a happy place, you know? Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I mean, the Bible does say, taste and see that the Lord is good. So I see yes. nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yes, yes. And so, you know, we, we're, we're talking about the, this growth and this process of um, that God is taking us on to kind of sh- as as we shift and come into his rhythms and um, to embrace his his church culture versus maybe our versions of church culture that can be exclusive or whatever else we might make of it. But what is it? I'm wondering what does it practically look like to make decisions that shift towards um, this vision culture, this kingdom culture. Mm-hmm. Well, I think first and foremost we have to realize that. Um, because we have our identity in Christ, you know, that's where everything else flows. Um, and so this is not something that we do apart from God. And this is not something that we become apart from God. It is all centered in him. Uh, there's a, there's a beautiful book that I am actually journeying, journeying through the leadership here in Cincinnati. I'm, I'm journeying with them through this book. And it has been a blessing to me and just kind of allowed me to sit in that place of just deep gratitude and a place of like just um, embracing the sentness that God has given me as his as his child, you know, and as as part of the church. And it's uh, the book is Overflow and it's it's written by Michael Reeves. And he has he says something in there that was that's kind of stuck with me, like as the body of Christ, like a a place where we start. Um, and, and this is what he says. He says, mission for us is about entering into the gift of life before we have anything to give away. And so, you know, when we think as the body of Christ and we think of, you know, joining that mission that Christ has for us, the first part is entering into that gift of life in Christ. That's the first part. That first part of you are my God and I am your child and my life is in you. And, and that's not a lot of us doing. That's a lot of us sitting and receiving what the Lord has given. And, that, and it's from that place that everything else flows. And so it's really important for the church and the body of Christ to receive from the Lord who they are, to receive the gift that he has given to allow God to love them, allow God to speak truth, allow God to speak their identity. And we start from there. And I'm going to quote Overflow one more time from Michael Reeves. He says, mission is the overflow of love from the enjoyment of divine fellowship. 
And so Mm -hmm. from that place of entering into life with Christ, everything else flows from that. And so that's where we enter into a vision culture set by the lead of the Holy Spirit, a place where we identify fully in who Jesus is, knowing that we go forth by his strength alone, by his wisdom, you know, led by his by his will, right? And and so we take all of this burden and, and things that we can put on ourselves, the insecurity of having to perform or having to say the perfect thing, and we step into a place of him being our source and flowing from that. And that changes it all. It changes everything. Um, it takes it off of us and we participate in the joy of of relationship with God and mission becomes us telling others about this one whom we love mm. and sharing that. Um, but it, it, it can't, we, we can't enter into this vision culture without that first receiving um, from Christ. Amen. Amen. I think that's, uh, that's foundational. And, you know, listeners, I think that that's, that's, uh, not to be missed that that's where we start because again uh, otherwise we're making um and and nurturing culture after our our own image um and we're gonna do a little bit of that anyways right we're not perfect we're still on the side of eternity but as the church our our purpose is to be grown and formed and shaped after God's image and to bring that um, on mission into the world. And so I think that that's, that's really the, the, Julie, you just, that's such a powerful word, but that's where we start. Mm-hmm. It has to be where we start. And if we, and if I, we jump into mission without that, then we end up with a bunch of people who are exhausted and mm-hmm. are spinning, you know, the spinning the wheels kind of thing. And you also struggle for participation because it's not out of relationship with Christ that the mission goes forth. It it comes out of our own will and our own strength. And, you know, believe it or not, we just don't have that strength. We don't have that strength to continue mission to a world. You know, we just don't have it. And we weren't meant to have it apart from God. That we weren't meant to do this journey apart from God. And so when we, when we go and we try to do that, it's, doesn't usually work out very well. And you end up with a lot of burned out, you know, participants and it doesn't flow from our being in Christ. Um, And so it's so important for us as churches to recognize that initial foundation has to be there before we, before we jump into all of this. And that's why it can't be a checklist. It has to be led you know, uh, by the Holy Spirit, and your our churches naturally will participate in mission as they receive from Christ their identity, and as they discover who our God is, and they you know they they, they join what He is doing. Um, it just takes so much pressure off of the individual too, and it takes the pressure mm-hmm. off the church as a whole. You know, it's like we haven't been asked to do anything that Jesus isn't leading and we haven't been asked to do anything that he isn't already giving the strength for. Yeah. Well, that's really good. 
You know, and I, I'm I'm wondering, uh, you know, on on that foundation, something that just came to mind that that I'm wondering about is one of the things that um, I think is so beautiful about who our God is is um, He never runs out of um, oh, what's that the word that I'm looking for? Like He's just so creative and expresses who He is in so many different ways and in diversity and and in just so many different flavors, right? I mean, even to come back to that food <laughs> example, mm-hmm. um, there's just so many ways um, that that who He is can be expressed because He's just so full and so rich and and never ending. And so it makes me think about on that foundation, there are a lot of ways that um, different flavors or different nuances that that a a local church's culture can kind of um, take shape. And I I like to talk about that. Like when we talk about contextualizing local churches, sometimes I I really like to say like, what's the flavor or the personality Mm -hmm. of the local church? on that foundation that you just just described. Um, and then I, I think about, too, when we talk about contextualization, you mentioned earlier, yeah, you know, the, the larger culture doesn't necessarily, you know, dictate what rhythms the the church um, is formed by, but it can be something that, that we consider, right, mm-hmm. as, as we think about our rhythms and, and do that. And I think that's part of contextualization, right? Like our God is an incarnational God. He calls us into incarnational ministry, ascent ministry. And so I'm, I'm just wondering what, um, what is, what does that look like as, or can it look like as a church discerns by the leading of its spirit, its kind of own flavor and contextualizes, um, it's, 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 unique personality and grows mm-hmm. its unique culture in its specific context that God has brought it to. Well, I think it begins with humility and and recognizing that God has sprinkled our churches with diversity for a reason. Um, and the church isn't, you know, each church does not exist as a carbon copy of the other. Uh, you know, I have t- these two churches in Cincinnati and they're very different from one another. Uh, they've been sprinkled differently, mm-hmm. you know, with with the diversity that God has placed <laughs> within our body and also within the community. And we don't need to approach that diversity as a as something to eliminate, but something to embrace, you know, and and something that we rejoice at what God, the diversity that God has given us um, in culture and um, in different races and in and and just the the rhythm of the community that we're in, you know, you you recognize sometimes people do things differently, uh, and I, I, that's where the humility comes of being willing to consider the the giftedness that God has brought, the diversity that God has brought, and ask the Lord, how do you, how do you see this being expressed? How do you how how does this um, sprinkle our, our ministry with, with that goodness, you know, how, how are you testifying through this circumstance, through this, this difference that we have here? Uh, and just being willing to, to have that, you know, that conversation and allow the, the cultural beauty of your members and of your community to be expressed in, uh, in the ways that we participate with Christ, you know, and, 
I, I think sometimes we try to make little carbon copies of each church and, we'll, and it's like, okay, well, this is what church looks like. Well, um, I, I think it's bigger than that uh, because God has created such diversity. It's not something that we, we avoid or it's not something that we try to change, but it's, you know, it's, it's with, with our expression as, as um, the body of Christ that diversity is a blessing. That diversity is uh, something that will add like season, you know, to our community. Mm. Um, and so if we look at each member as like a seasoning, you know, that comes together to make that full taste of the kingdom. And it, it really begins in the thinking of who we are, trusting who God has created us to be, trusting that each member has been gifted uh, according to the Holy Spirit. And this is a part of who we are as a church to the community around us, embracing that and allowing, uh, allowing God to lead that, that expression. So I don't, I'm not sure if I've answered the question quite well, but I, yeah, I, I think it's an embracing of this is a gifting from God and it does not affect the unity that Christ brings. It actually seasons it. Mm. Yeah, I really like that image of of each person's a seasoning of the the taste of the kingdom, because I think that that's that's an important thing for us to think about when we're looking at what are some of the healthy rhythms that we can be um, embracing by the leading of the spirit that help us to develop a healthy culture as a local congregation that doesn't necessarily lead us to, like you said, those carbon copies or a, a monoculture across the board, but healthy rhythms and healthy culture can look completely diverse while still being built on that foundation of who Christ is and who we are in him because he's already shown us he's such a creative God that has created that diversity. And I loved you use that word with. That's so good. That's so good. So as we're coming up on the end of our, our time together, Julie, what final words of encouragement would you want to leave our, with our listeners? Well, I would encourage each person in each congregation to trust what God is doing and to know that he is mm. doing something. You know, this is not... Our God is not absent um, in the world. He is actively working and he is actively inviting us as the church to join that. Um, and, you know, sometimes we are uncomfortable with that lead. But if we would embrace as a body of Christ, speaking of Jesus and the way that we care for our neighbors and the way that we invite people into our homes and the way that we walk through the neighborhoods and, and interact, if we would practice speaking of Jesus. And I'm not, you know, sometimes it does look like it verbally sharing the gospel, but so many times it's in the actions and, and the way that we approach others and the way that we are willing to listen to hard things, you know, that we are willing to stand unafraid in the brokenness of the world around us. We have a foundation that we can trust. And so I, I just would encourage us to, to be unafraid. And, you know, I was recently going through Acts with my, my teenagers, and we've been reading this together. And we were reading, you know, about the disciples going and the Sanhedrin council, like holding them for a while, then letting them go. And they made some threats of like, hey, if you keep 
if you keep talking about Jesus, like we're going to come, we're going to take care of this, you know, and they go back to the other believers and they pray and their prayer is so significant to me. And I think as a church, if we just remember this prayer, they prayed and I'm paraphrasing, I'm not reading this um, verbatim. They did, they didn't pray that the threat would go away or that God would take away the trial or that God would, you know, hold their enemies back or anything of that sort. They asked the Lord, hey, consider what's going on with us in this circumstance. And they asked him to give them boldness to continue to witness. And so that would be that would be my prayer for us as the church. And we face things that are hard and things that are uncomfortable and things that are sometimes scary to us. And yes, the, the world stuff that's going on, it can feel very scary but that we would stand and we would continue to pray that, Lord, you see what's going on. Give us the church, the boldness to witness. Help us, Lord, because we are afraid at times. We are scared to participate. We, we do allow those, we do allow our fear to stop us so often. But Lord, give us the boldness to speak Jesus to this world and to share what you have given us. Amen. Thank you so much, Julie, for those final words and for this very full and rich conversation. Um, I know that our listeners will get a lot out of it. Um, but before we finally close this episode, as is our tradition, I do have a couple of fun random questions for you. And so whatever first comes to mind is the right answer. Okay. So <laughs> are you ready? <laughs> Ready or not, here we come. Let's go. That's right. <laughs> if you had to be a dinosaur, what kind of dinosaur would you be? Oh, how many dinosaurs do I know? You know what? I am like <laughs> fascinated by sharks in in like a like a oh. very real fear and but like a huge respect. So if this existed, and I think there's evidence it did, the megalodon. Here we go. Yeah. The megalodon okay. Shark. Yes. Very good. Very good. Now I'll have to go Google what that what that looks like. <laughs> a really, really big shark. <laughs> okay, that is very scary. <laughs> All right. When you're when you're out and about karaokeing, what's your go to karaoke song? Oh, uh, Brown Eyed Girl. Oh, only, that's a good one. It's the only one I know the words to, and I have a. I don't have a. a a voice that can uh, sing uh, well. And so that's not one of the giftings God has given me, but I can let loose and enjoy that song. Yeah. I love that. Grew up on that song. If yeah. you had a late night talk show, who would your first guest be? You know, I, I think I would bring Peter in. Uh, mm. I relate with Peter. He is so eager to participate with the Lord and completely at times unaware of all the ways he's going the wrong way. And I'm like, Lord, that I'm like, I want to participate with you. And yet I don't know how, you know, and it's like, yes. I, I just want to, I want to go and I want to scream from the mountaintops. And yet I misstep so often. And I just think I would, I think, a, I think that would be a fun conversation because he experienced those things. And yet he experienced the grace and restoration of Christ and, yeah, I did. I think he didn't give up. He didn't stop, even though being rebuked by Jesus would be really tough to like, mm. you know, that, that's, that would be hard to, to, to receive. But he he continued. And I just 
I respect that. And I, I think he would be fun to talk to about that. Mm, I agree. I agree. All right. What is the funniest thing that has happened to you this week? Well, I don't know if you feel if you would find this funny, but I laughed uh, so that I didn't cry. I was at <laughs> home and I, I was getting my sugar down from above my stove, and somehow I, I live in a house of six, and so and I've got teenagers and whatnot, and I'm not not throwing any blame anywhere. But someone didn't put the lid on the sugar, so when I grabbed it, I, it slipped, it fell, and I had about a pound of sugar in my kitchen. And I, I just, I just started <laughs> laughing because I'm like, I'm gonna cry if then I don't. You have laugh. to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And thank God for the vacuum cleaner because that helped the cleanup a lot better. So yeah, that made me. I laughed and was like, dang it! All right, here we go. You know, this is we gotta roll yep. with these things sometimes. <laughs> you chose to make it funny. I, I like yes. that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And last question. Since since we learned that, that you're a bit of a foodie, what is a food that you really want to try that you haven't had the chance to yet? You know, I, I have heard a lot of stories of like uh, Scottish food and some people have said it just doesn't have a lot of flavor and things like that. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I want to go and I would love to just sit and, and have – like throw your best dish at me kind of thing. I have never tried any Scottish food. So I'd like to, I think Scottish people mm. are amazing, funny. You know, I love their accent and I, I just want to, that's a culture I don't know very much about. And I would love to just experience it. And I think that's begins with some food sometimes, you know? Oh yeah. Always got to start with the food. Yes. <laughs> well, Julie, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a wonderful conversation, and I know our listeners are going to be very blessed. Um, I would love to ask you to end our episode today with praying for our churches, pastors, ministry leaders, and members in GCI. Absolutely. Almighty and gracious Father, we thank you, Lord, that as we gather now, Lord, you are with us. May we know that in the depths of our souls. Uh, Lord, we thank you that in this life, uh, even, even when we can struggle and stumble, Lord, you are so faithful. Help us to remember that as we, as a body of Christ, seek to participate with you. We seek to be the church. And, and Lord, we don't always know what that even means. Um, we can have this box and this idea, but Lord, it is your desire, your will, your vision that we seek. I pray, Lord, that you will help us to lay aside all of our what that looks like moments and to embrace, Lord, what you are leading each and every one of us as the body of Christ in. Help us, Lord, to be courageous as the early church prayed. Lord, I pray the same for us. I pray, Lord, that we will be courageous and that we will be bold and that we will not be deterred by, by the things that are scary and, and hard in this world, but, Lord, that we will that we will have the boldness to continue to share and testify and speak of you. Lord, you have been so patient and kind. Your grace is abundant. Help us to know that grace in each and every moment. Help us to have that grace for one another. Um, and help us, Lord, to, to function and to go forth out of our relationship with you that we will know our strength, we will know our very being is in you, Christ. And so we just thank you, Lord. I'm just abundantly thankful and, and grateful, Lord, for you being our God and, and 
you calling us into a mission, Lord, that you provide the strength and the resources necessary for. God, what, what a wonderful place it is to be your child and to be loved by you. Help us, Lord, to participate in every way that you give us and every invitation. I pray, Lord, that we all have the courage and boldness to say yes. Help us to have the grace as our churches learn and grow and as our, our rhythms change and as we learn new rhythms. Help us to not hold on to things of the past that may be holding us down from stepping into this place with you. Help us to release and to boldly and humbly come, Lord. Thank you, God, that that you invite us day in and day out. And, you know, in Revelation, where it says the very end that the Spirit says, come, and the bride says, come. Lord, we are the bride. Help us to say, come. Help us to testify faithfully every day as the church. Lord, thank you. Your grace is abundant. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, until next time, folks, keep on living and sharing the gospel. We want to thank you for listening to this episode of the GC Podcast. We hope you have found value in it to become a healthier leader. We would love to hear from you. If you have a suggestion on a topic or if there is someone who you think we should interview, email us at info at gci.org. Remember, healthy churches start with healthy leaders. Invest in yourself and your leaders.